0: You are listening to the Power of Why podcast.
1: In a way, actually that ebook did make me more than $100, so I actually got to travel the world for a couple of years with this company and it actually got me into the tech world. Wow. So, yeah, I guess you know, you got to if you have this impulse to do something creative, do it even if you don't think it's going to make you six figures in six weeks just just try it
0: welcome to another episode of the power of why where i talk to creatives and founders about their purpose and how they've navigated living in a way that feels honest also i recently started a substack newsletter to share episode recaps y'all were asking for more direct ways to engage with the power of why so you can find the link in the description make sure to connect with me there All right, let's dive right into this week's episode. Hi everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Hailey, and today I am joined by the incredible Gwen Elliott. Gwen, how are you doing today? Hi, Naomi.
1: I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And the first couple minutes was just us (laughs) catching up on life and learning about the incredible things that that you are up to, Gwen. And I'm so excited for my audience to hear from you today. Gwen Elliott is an online course producer, uh, co-creating more than 30 online courses, reaching over 450,000 learners. She currently works at Shopify and runs a small business, helping authors and experts create online courses and workshops. When Gwen started her career in television production, her focus was to create helpful content for the audience, with her ultimate dream to create TV shows. And in her five years of hustling, she had the opportunity to live that dream. Gwen is a former producer for the Oprah Winfrey Network in Canada. Entrepreneurial at heart, she has been featured in media outlets for different projects, including Forbes, Entrepreneur, Cosmopolitan, The Globe and Mail, The Star, and Thrive Global. On your website, you mentioned that you have yet to find a more fulfilling, exciting, and scalable way to build a business than online learning. She runs free monthly classes for those who are interested in the e-learning space and to even get your own business up and running. Gwen is a black belt in Krav Maga, while she also is passionate about minimalism and plant-based living. What I personally appreciate about Gwen is that she is honest about the highs and lows of her path. And you know, she talks about some of the stresses that she experienced working freelance, you know, in the television and production scene, taking multiple restaurant jobs to make ends meet. And so for her, it was a really defining moment. So welcome again, Gwen, we're happy to have you.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Naomi. And I appreciate how you're sharing layers, you know, like minimalism, Krav Maga, you know, tossing <laughs> that in there with career stuff, because yes. for a long time, all I cared about was career stuff, and I was so one-dimensional that, you know, if I went out on a date with someone and they said, what do you, what do, you do for fun? I would kind of laugh, like, fun? Like, why would I do that? I'm trying to build a life here. Yeah, <laughs> So it's, uh, you know, I've been hacking away at building a, a real life over the last couple of years. So yeah, I appreciate you mentioning some of those things.
0: I love it. And for you, Gwen, what I'm curious to learn about what your origin story was like, how you grew up, um, you know, do you have any siblings, the whole the whole nine yards?
1: Yes. So I was born into the, actually, I was born in Toronto, but grew up in a small town called Beaverton and, uh, you know, fairly humble beginnings. I, uh, you know, small house, shared a room with, I have three younger sisters and we're all really close the, now but it's funny so many people ask you shared a room with your sisters you all like hate each other with their cat fights and sure you know there were but at the end of the day we're really close now and um i also didn't have internet or cable tv growing up and our family had mm-hmm. a really small television like the size like 13 or 15 inches as a family television and i always saw the tv as this opportunity like this escape or this invitation of, of the world outside of my small town mm-hmm. and that really piqued my interest and and even though I you know took all the hard classes in high school I thought you know what I gotta pay for school myself I'm gonna try and make a living in radio or television which my parents were like what <laughs> <laughs> But that is the, the value of when your parents don't pay for your school, is that you can say, you know what, parents, I think I'm going to do this. And if it fails, well, that's my money that's it's going on me. down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then spent quite a few years working in, in the TV world. One of my highlights was I had the chance to intern at MTV in their series development department. And this was the time that Jersey Shore and Teen Mom were really popping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so it was just kind of cool to see this, this world. And uh, yeah, basically I worked on the Canadian version of American uh, reality shows. So Canadian Idol, Project Runway, Canada, uh, and, you know, worked the TV world for a few years. And as many people probably listening, listening will relate to is you feel that call to do something entrepreneurial, to have your own business or to create something that you can actually sell and put your passion into the world. And so I started to learn about the the world of online courses. And then mm-hmm. that's a whole journey that I think we're going to dive into. But that's the Cole's notes, I guess, on how I got to, to where I am today.
0: Yes. And it wasn't a straight line path at all, right? You And I love how very early on you decided if I'm the one paying for my school, then I'm going to choose the path that speaks to me, at least in this moment. And I'm going to figure out if it's actually what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And so for you, was there hesitancy behind that? Or were you with, you know, with great certainty, saying (laughs) to your parents, (laughs) at that age, this is what I want to do with my life?
1: I can't express to you the level of personal resistance I had to sharing with anybody that this is what I wanted to do. Because even when I explained that I went to uh, a school called Ryerson doing radio and television, and that was the name of the program. And I remember at my high school graduation, I I told them I was going to school for journalism because it sounded more mm. <laughs> like a real thing. Because uh, I really was confused about what I was going to do. Like, did I want to be a TV producer? Did I want to, like, have a radio show or do something on TV? Or I just felt like it was a really interesting thing to do. And I think at the end of the day, I was really interested in the communication and education aspect of it. But I couldn't really articulate that at the time and just try to keep my head down or change the subject when anyone asked.
0: Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to you today to have gone through that path and actually sought it out to fruition? and? being able to accomplish your dream of being in television production? Would you have done anything differently?
1: I think I would have tried to enjoy it a little bit more. I feel like Mm -hmm. when you're in that TV world, or probably a lot of entrepreneurs can relate, you're always on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And I remember the day that one of the shows I was working on, I got the email that it was getting picked up for the Oprah Winfrey Network in Canada. I spent like, like, you know, I had that high of, oh my God, this is amazing. But then quickly... Went on my way and just kept working on things and didn't really take time to celebrate that at all. Um, just, you know, I was proud for sh- sure. It was epic. But uh, yeah, I mean, how do you not celebrate that? What? And also, I think that I had the chance to check a couple things off the bucket list of I really wanted to create a TV show and I did. And it. it was called Start Something Big, where I interviewed local entrepreneurs about how they started their career. Mm-hmm. And so, I realized, you know, when you hit that goal and it didn't feel the way I thought it would feel, that, you know, maybe this industry isn't for me, or it, it confused me again when you hit that uh, goal and it's not what you thought you'd feel like.
0: Hmm. I've been very curious about the sense of confusion and really leaning into those moments where if you are feeling that at a particular time, it's because you know what you're sort of expecting right like you've taken the time the time to reflect on this is the actions that i'm taking like the output this is what i'm putting into it and this is what i this is what i thought it would be like and that sense of confusion is when there's almost misalignment between what you expected and what the current reality is, and so for you, how do you handle confusion do you i don't even know if that's the right word handle yeah. or manage, but when you are feeling no, confused really even even to this day, do you sit down and and try to write it out? Do you bring out your phone and record your voice, trying to like think through the process and and what you're feeling what's your what's your yeah, process around really- confusion
1: that is I have never been asked that before. That is good. What the heck? This is kind of ironic now because I'm like, I'm confused on what I want to say. But uh, I think one thing I've learned over the years is in the past when I was confused, I would push ahead anyway, even if it didn't quite feel right. And I'm like, no, I got to just do it and, you know, make this thing. Nowadays, I just Pause for a minute and realize that clarity is power. And when you are taking action, when you're in alignment, it can happen so much faster. It's so much more enjoyable. Um, it's, you just enjoy the process, and that's what it's all about. So I feel like, um, say, even for now, when I'm working on creating a workshop and I go to sit down and make it and just nothing is flowing, I say, okay, we're not going to force this. Go for a walk. Make some tea. Uh, sometimes it's journaling. Sometimes it's reading a book like *The Power of Now* to just remind myself it's not about what the out, what it's gonna the output's gonna be. It's just about being in the now and actually just enjoying the creation process. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know that's the ideal situation. The non-ideal situation is to like eat a bag of brownies and <laughs>
0: do nothing. <laughs> Right.
1: I uh, try to aim to not do that so much anymore, but that used to be a strategy.
0: Interesting. And you know, one of my favorite things about about you Gwen is your spirit of abundance. Like the first time that we met, I've I felt your energy and you were vibrating at a very high frequency and it it was, you know, my perception was this girl is awesome she she's always smiling and you were just like overflowing with with love like at the end of the day that's what i felt and as we've as i've gotten to know you more you have this sense of sharing and just being very open and honest about the knowledge that you have and your experiences whether it's on social media, sharing like your journey and what you're working on. You have the spirit of abundance. And so what is it that you intuitively believe about life in the world that is your source of joy? Wow. Such a cool question. And I just have to say, I had to hug you
1: and Sam because I believe the first time we met, you drove from Ottawa to Toronto. Was that the first time we met?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at Shopify. It was for the live podcast with BYOB.
1: Yes, this is the level of determination, hustle, That's or, so you know, I was like, I'm sorry, you drove. <laughs> we took the train. We took the train from Ottawa yeah, right, for that right. event. Yeah, right. that was so impressive. Wow. So, you know, a hug is the least I'm, I could do. I was like, do you want to drink? Like, what can I get you? You came so far. Uh, that was so cool, honestly. Uh, so I think what... I first and also the fact that you you feel like a spirit of abundance. I really appreciate that because that is how I would like to live all the time. And so I try to remind myself of the idea that there's more than enough to go around and the success that you see from somebody say someone posts about their finances on Instagram or they just lost weight or they hit something a goal and you're like wow that's so amazing but i feel kind of jealous because like i didn't do that yet i try to either step away if i'm getting triggered or um, just remind myself if they can do it you can do it the world this is the greatest time in history to create the life you want and so i try to stay in that mindset And then when things get really tough, I always, I think of that, uh, this too shall pass and everything is impermanent. So if you're feeling horrible now, that will pass. If you're feeling amazing right now, that will also pass. So just, it's okay. It's going to get better is also what I try to live live with.
0: What was your um, journey and decisions getting from TV production to e-learning?
1: Yeah. So it's, it is such an exciting industry because everyone's invited. Your teaching mm-hmm. style will resonate with the people that want to learn from you. The barrier to entry is so low uh, to be able to do this; it's just like mind-boggling. I, I want everyone to like learn more about it, whether it's teaching a live workshop or creating a whole course. It's such a great opportunity, and so I started to le- I learned about it. I think for the first time when I so it was when I was making the local cable show, the Start Something Big show. And I was doing it all for free for experience and you know, free doesn't really pay bills. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out how would you turn a TV show into something paid or could I possibly get paid for doing this? And I found this guy online, his name's David Siteman Garland. And he had a very similar story to me where he turned his local a cable show in Missouri into an online course. And I thought, what are online courses? What is this about? And so that was where I started to go down the rabbit hole and started to learn about the online marketing world and uh, starting to experiment with creating my own e-products or e-books. And uh, that was where where it all started. And what's also really cool about this industry is that it's a lifelong practice people want to learn no matter what age or what stage of life you're at so uh, it's one of those jobs that probably won't go out of business it will evolve probably having vr classes or something mm-hmm. but uh it, it's ever going to die we need we need education
0: you talked about on your website you, you know when you sold your first ebook and what that feeling was like. Uh, you your writing. I love your writing because it almost brings me exactly to that moment. So, can you talk a little bit about selling your your ebook and what that process was to create it?
1: Yes, I will just tell you right now. It was not very successful. It made me like less than a hundred dollars. However, <laughs> I've learned so much, and so I think uh, my thinking back then was, okay, I want to just experiment, create an e product. Cool. How do I do that? So my first step is trying to see what's out there, how to, how are people doing this? And this was before the days of Canva and Google slides and just, you know, it was harder to DIY it at the time. So I actually invested a lot of money and hired a designer. And, uh, and the book was called how to connect with influential people when you're first starting out. And the idea was for different work projects, I was able to get to people like CEOs and executives, the founder of TED, Buckingham Palace, like I somehow was able to use my abilities to talk to people. So I was sharing a lot of emails that I would share um, with, I shared all these emails that got me the yes, essentially in this ebook. And actually, one of the greatest learnings from this was how do I sell it what platform can I use to sell my ebook? How do people do this? So I did some research and ended up finding this awesome company called Shop Locket. And they allowed you to embed an e commerce widget on your website just to sell something that's like cheap and it wasn't very expensive. But in a way, actually, that ebook did make me more than $100 because that company, Shop Locket, they ended up, I saw they were hiring. <laughs> and so, <laughs> they ended up hiring me as their community and marketing uh, manager, so I actually got to travel the world for a couple years with this company, and it actually got me into the tech world. Wow. So, yeah, I guess you know you gotta if you have this impulse to do something creative, do it, even if you don't think it's gonna make you six figures in six weeks. Just just try it.
0: Yeah, and oftentimes it'll be that thing that leads you to the thing. Do you know what I mean? That you didn't even know existed or was there. Exactly. And and I think more than anything, it was, you you know, you had this cool technique or strategy for getting into the rooms and talking to these influential people. And you're like, how do I package it and make it accessible for people who are also trying to do the same thing? You know, when you made your first sale, the reason I, I think this moment was really powerful Was almost that sense of confidence. Like you probably, I don't know what you, what were you expecting when you put it up there and when you started selling it and it was available to people?
1: I think I was expecting to make more sales. Uh, (laughs) I remember following the process of putting up a a landing page on lead pages, starting my email list on MailChimp, really learning the basics of an email funnel. Uh, But at the end of the day, I didn't really do any customer research or figuring out who is my ideal learner or my ideal customer avatar for this product. So I was just taking a, a blind guess at who might actually want it and it turned out some the first person who bought the book was uh, somebody from Ottawa who like I think worked in politics or something and he, I think he saw that I posted on LinkedIn and I remember thinking who is this that bought this book um, and that was like a re- it's a really cool moment when someone buys from you that you yeah. uh, never you don't know so that was really really exciting but it didn't happen very much
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. how would you have done it differently today 'Cause you do you mentioned Canva and like all of these freemium tools that we have available to design and, and create a lot of things from scratch. So if you were to go back and, and do that again, what what would you do differently? And I'm sure this is exactly what you talk about in your you know, your online workshops, but if you can give us a snippet.
1: Yeah, well, the the first step is always figuring out who is your ideal customer, taking your best guess at who is the person that will buy this from me. And you can do this through online, taking a look at your ideal customer on their social media. But the the best way to do it is to just schedule a a call with someone just to see if you can have 15 minutes of their time uh, to just ask them a few questions and really frame it as it's not about me like oh please help me run my business it's I'm really creating something that could really help you in your business and here's how would you happen to have 15 minutes to answer these three questions like being very specific and making it more about them than it is about you so figuring out who your ideal learner is and then honestly i am such a big fan of workshops these days Um, and so i would honestly just keep it as simple as possible and create an online workshop using a tool like zoom creating your slides on Google Slides or on Canva and choosing if you want to be on camera a bit or if you want to just mostly teach on your slides. And what I would really encourage people to uh, have in their content is case studies and examples and frameworks that people can take back to their business. People love these and they stick and it's not just high level uh, content that you're teaching, you're really digging in and showing people what you mean when you sh- say different points in your teaching. So that's what I would say if I was doing it again, I'd turn that ebook into a workshop.
0: Mm-hmm. And go directly to the people that you are looking to serve, right? Learn about your customer. Exactly.
1: And take a, a guest, right? Because they, they might evolve. Um, okay. So yeah, just your best guess but and you can also if you if you want have it have two ideal customers you can test so you can if you have a bit of time to to go after two different types of folks to take your course or your workshop or buy your ebook. that's also a great way to um, you know see who is the most receptive to your uh, to
0: what you're selling so for you where do you see this this area and this industry heading and how do you see it growing and why is it so important for people to delve in now
1: yes so yes all i do all day and all night is online courses (laughs) (laughs) that's like life i'm currently helping 20 people teaching them how to make their courses it's uh it's a lot it's a lot uh but uh, it's a process and it's just you know, at this point, follow the steps, do the things, you'll have an awesome course. So the stat I'd love to share is from Forbes that the e-learning industry is going to be a 331 billion dollar industry by 2025 and it just continues to grow. And so I was absolutely amazed that, A role as an online course producer existed. It's at Shopify. When I first, when I saw this role, it was an epiphany. Like what? This is a job. It's like all my last or my past life experience rolled into one job. And so, so many companies are hiring learning designers, course producers to create their education, to help educate their audiences. So this is a massive opportunity for for both companies to get into this space and also for people to start learning how to create online courses and possibly get hired in these roles because it's pretty cool, I have to say.
0: Right. And for organizations too, besides the audience, it's how do you reskill and upskill your current workforce. Mm -hmm. In the next couple years, just the rate of change, not just the technology, but also human psychology and how we work and the environments that we want to work in as well as Gen Z starts to enter the workplace is shifting rapidly. And I think the the one thing that even speaking with my peers look for when they're starting at a new organization or even interviewing is what's the capacity to grow in this role. And a huge part of this growth phase is, you know what opportunities do I have to learn and take courses and develop my develop my knowledge base, and so companies that are able to do this really well are going to um, just be that much ahead of their competitors in terms of what they can offer people who work there.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I would say if anyone is interested in learning about the space, because I didn't go to school for it, I know. S- it's becoming more popular now. And I know folks that have like masters of education or traditional backgrounds, but I would say the first step is to actually buy online courses or access some for free on LinkedIn learning or Skillshare, try their trial masterclass. Uh, There's so many I've spent, so much money on courses it's actually crazy (laughs) Mm. Uh, but I'm always trying to learn how people are doing it who are the north stars of the industry Uh, two people who have great courses in the online course world it's so meta I mean Danielle Leslie has uh, a great Mm. course called course from scratch and Amy Porterfield also has a course uh, called digital course academy but I highly recommend you go to books you go to conferences in learning design because amy porterfield and danielle leslie they occur to me as uh, marketers first more than learning designers first so they're incredible at selling their courses and they have amazing content um, i'm also really interested in like the learning practices how do you make learning stick and so uh yeah i'm working on something now that's Also not in the $2,000 price range. I know that's a bit steep if you just want to get started. So uh, trying to make something a little bit more accessible that teaches people about learning design so they can Mm. create a course they're more confident about. So yeah, there's so much out there. Oh my God, it's so exciting.
0: Interesting. Oh, very exciting. And for you to go back to the personal journey and how you've gotten to a point where you're learning about yourself what does your, Gwen, what does your process of self-discovery look like? And how much time out of your week are you taking to, to learn about you and the stuff that you want to be working on?
1: Yes, I love that you're asking this. So thinking about this question, I feel like my process of discovery for a long time had been something is really not working and I need to fix it. So whether it was being fifty thousand dollars in debt, whether it was being like addicted to alcohol, caffeine, uh, digital addiction, sugar, or just feeling really stressed and anxious, these were the starting points of self-discovery and learning. When it just got bad, uh, and so what I like to do when these things happen, I really just I try to find the the source of truth on these topics to figure out the how i can get out of it i really try to find the best teacher i who speaks the most comments in the most common sense way about the topic um and yeah you know all these things i've been able to overcome get out of debt no longer addicted uh still sometimes stressed and anxious still looking for an amazing teacher on this topic but you know um so now I'm really trying to learn and discover from a place of peace versus complete stress and anxiety. And so what that looks like now is I'm trying something new this year where I'm booking quarterly off sites with myself wow. where I'm just going to book a hotel room every three months or four months and, and figure out what and reflect on that time. Like, what did I learn? What it, what was my intention of learning at the beginning of that, you know, that time? And where are we now? And just pause for a day. And uh, that I'm pretty excited about. It kind of stemmed from how I, in the last couple of years, I've been spending birthdays just doing whatever I wanted to do. Just, again, booking a hotel room, ordering room service, living my best life. <laughs> uh, I just feel like, how can that be the, if that's the best day I'm, ever, why don't I try and have that a few more times during the year, not Mm. just birthdays. So
0: yeah, trying to create those ideal days and booking some time with myself. I like the quarterly check-ins. How did you get into Krav Maga? Was this related to doing things that are outside of your comfort zone? Because you also, the last time that we met in person was when you were down in Ottawa and you were talking about a cooking class that you were taking every week. And so, mm-hmm. you know, why did you decide to take these types of classes? And can you tell us a little bit about your experiences doing them? Yes.
1: Oh, my God. You know what I realized? with, So I took this uh, cooking class. I signed up for a vegetarian cooking class because I live with my boyfriend, and he is really good at cooking, and I am really not. And so I wanted to step it up and learn how to make delicious food. And uh, so Krav Maga, for anyone who's never heard of it, like, what are, was Naomi talking about? Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> It is. So it's a martial art and it was developed by the Israeli Defense Forces. And it's really a like a military self-defense. But the way that it's described to us is it's kind of like a very practical form of self-defense. So if you got into a fight in a bar or if somebody tried to grab you on the street and pull you into their car i have the tools to ideally be able to get out of that situation fast so it's not about like a prolonged fight it's just like quick actions that uh you know hit people where it hurts and get out of there so uh the the way i got into it is a friend of mine just casually mentioned it i'm like oh that's cool that she's doing that great and then i told one of my younger sisters and she said we're doing that like let's go and I was like what? <laughs> Sounds kind of crazy. Uh but we signed up and I I was in our first trial class. It was one of the most exhilarating but terrifying experiences of my life because they taught us a few moves if like say a scary person grabs your hair and tries to pull you somewhere I'm like this is too real. And so they taught us <laughs> yeah. how to get I know, they taught us how to get out of this and I thought okay cool cool but then at the end of the class they turned the lights out and then some of the guys that were helping out Mm -hmm. in the class they would attack us like we're just in the dark and then someone grabs your like head and like pulls you you know they're they're not trying to hurt us they were they knew we were brand new they weren't too intense but it's still absolutely terrifying and so after that class i just knew i had to sign up for the life skills and also uh yeah just to learn something new And honestly, for everyone, anyone who's an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial, I so recommend signing up for a martial art or something where you can just have an hour of time where you don't have to think about your like your life. You can just focus on the task at hand and have somebody telling you what to do and you just gotta do it. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many decisions you have to make. It's just nice to be in a class where they're like, do this, do this. And you know, also the metaphor of like you're fighting for your life Mm -hmm. is kind of makes you more confident in your day-to-day life as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, highly recommend everyone learn it or take at least one class.
0: That's beautiful. I'd love to talk a little bit about fulfillment and when you personally have felt fulfilled in your work.
1: Yes. So the Fulfillment, oh man, what is fulfillment? Uh, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like to me, my definition of fulfillment is I feel like it's a feeling where you, whenever I'm able to help somebody, like really unlock something for Mm -hmm. someone else, and they're like, oh, I never saw it that way before, or wow, it's way easier than I thought it could be. That to me is so fulfilling. So it is that education piece where if I can teach someone something, That just unlocks something that to me is the coolest thing ever Mm. and I know it when that happens for me when other people teach me something it's also it feels fulfilling too that somebody else can help me you know they're they're, like I think of someone like Pollyanna Reed if anyone's yeah doesn't know Pollyanna thanks for mentioning her (laughs) oh my god she is everything uh she uh she's the kind of person that that does this so well. Even today, she had a call at 7:30 in the morning for members of her mentorship program, New Girl on the Block, and she's just answering questions, helping people, just for like casually. And so I feel like that to me is such an inspiration, where you know just showing up, and that's something that I really uh, want to work towards with having free live workshops, and then down the line, paid workshops for people that want to take course creation a little bit more seriously. Uh, but that that to me is Awesome. Um, don't know if I fully answered your question, but I like it a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it feels right to you. It's the answer that you gave me in that moment, and I love it. <laughs> but you, you touched, um, you touched along the contribution piece, and I think why your work in this space means so much to you is because it's deeply, it's deeply aligned, mm-hmm. and you're using stuff that you have learned along your path to unlock things for other people, and then they're gonna go on their own journey through their own personal experience and unlock things for others because you help them. And so definitely something that I love to see is people living in their tree.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: why today specifically, to, by today I mean like, what day is it today? The 22nd of March, feels so driven to continue to highlight people like you is because this is bigger than us. And I think when people feel hesitant of sharing online their whatever knowledge that they have or experiences is because they're thinking too much about themselves. That's mm-hmm. one thing, that's my one view. And as soon as you can get out of that sphere and think about how this can help somebody else, it's I don't know if that it fully removes the fear, but it helps you get there. I love that you're you're doing that every single day. It's really powerful. It's so
1: nice that I think it happens to everyone where you you get in your own head and you're you're like, oh, how do I look or how do I sound or um, is this even worth it to do this? But it's so amazing when you can shift from from that like what can I get from this mentality to how can I just help other people with it Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when you you feel like you can put something out in the world where it doesn't look absolutely perfect in in your in your eyes because we all have such like high standards for our own stuff Uh, I love to see that from people who just say yeah you know I put it out there I'm trying it Um, you know and as we learn from the ebook story it can lead to something you never even expected but at least you gotta you gotta try and put something out there to teach Mm -hmm. other people uh, yeah, and it feels great to help others. Like, it's just a great
0: feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other experiences and conferences and learning opportunities are you investing for, at least in the next six, eight months? Ooh, what am I? I want to know, I want people to know what's up, because I feel like you have your pulse on a lot of, you know, different activations that are happening. You so need to connect with her, because she's the epitome of what it means to support other people. And so, yeah, what's on your radar for the next eight months or so when it comes to conferences and that sort of thing?
1: Yes. So it's funny enough, as you were saying about people stepping back, I've recently read a book called Smartphone Dumb Phone by Alan Carr that teaches you about using social media intentionally. So I've kind of been off a little bit lately and and not 100% sure what's going on. But one thing I do know is going on is uh, if anyone is familiar with Layla F. Saad, she's the author of a book called Me and White Supremacy. Basically, anything she does, I will be buying and I'm sure she's gonna have some workshops this year um, also someone named Catrice M Jackson she has great workshops again on uh, teaching white folks like myself to be to show up as an, an ally or or as she levels it as an accomplice down the line so it's mm. just like it's just you're there you know it's not even like oh will she show up for me it's like nope she's there 100 percent so I, I definitely um you know want to keep learning from Catrice and like learn to get to that level and i feel like anything jam gamble does she's yeah. amazing as well like especially public speaking yeah she will be playing a course right? later yep slay the mic um, my friend sarah stockdale she is an incredible uh, marketer she runs an, an on or a course called growth class which teaches people how to become a growth marketer and her like secret mission of her company is to help more women and people of color get six figure salaries in growth marketing mm-hmm. and so she will, will be having an online course down the line this year as well so also follow her she's so amazing has a great email newsletter and then I'm also just going to be trying to find more e-learning kind of conferences that are not from the people I already know trying to find these new ones like who mm-hmm who's really doing this that I don't already know. So if anyone listening has any suggestions, feel free to reach out. I'm very open to, uh, to learning as you probably can tell.
0: (laughs) I'm awesome. And every single person that you mentioned and what they're working on, I will make an effort to um, have their links in the show notes so you can access them pretty easily. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to be here and learn from this incredible person who is living her truth and living in her purpose and supporting others to realize that for themselves too. And so for the final question on the power of why, what is your why, Gwen? When shit hits the fan and you are tired and you're on the brink of maybe giving up (laughs) on your mission, (laughs) the world is ending. (laughs) What, What is the reason that you keep going? And I want you to be really specific about it.
1: Yes. Okay. So I have two answers in a way because I've been to so many workshops about trying to really like narrow it down. And so when things are going good, like this is is my answer. Then when things are going bad, I like have another answer. (laughs) So I would really love to help at this point, a thousand people unlock their earning and teaching potential with an online course. And but if I'm having one of those days where I really like, can't get out of bed or things are not going my way, when I think of that why, it just makes me like mad and sad because I know I'm not feeling it that day. So my other why is really just to remind myself the purpose of being here is to really enjoy your time here and hopefully help others do the same. So those are kind of the whys I, I play with when um, yeah when thinking about this question.
0: Mm-hmm. Depending on the state that you're in. And so- exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Gwen. Thank you again. I I appreciate you so much. And I'm so happy that our paths crossed on that really funny day. (laughs) And and I just, um, I'm being more purposeful about having meaningful conversations with people and building on the relationships that are good. Do you know what I mean? Like very kind and honest. And so I just pray that we continue to be in each other's lives. And for everyone who's listening, make sure to connect with Gwen on all things social and check out her website for her monthly uh, workshops where she is delving into a lot of these topics around e-learning and packaging your knowledge to serve other people. Thank you so much, Naomi. Time has flown by. I love talking
1: to you, so fun. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great day and everyone listening, thank you so much. Appreciate you listening to us today.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find the show notes at naomihaile.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Power of Why on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, and I look forward to you listening to next week's episode.